I wouldn't describe it as a blowjob because my head is resting very comfortably on a pillow. So? Well, I mean, oh, and, the, and there's no penis. <laughs> That's the other part. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, to do this, uh, even though I am all the way in Ohio today. Yeah, you're you're on location. <laughs> that I'm. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm somewhere else. I'm in a mysterious other place where uh, where there are there are there are hills. You see, where where I come from, there are no hills, but here. There are there are there are things like vertical changes in the ground. I don't know why they tolerate it. It's really a lot of work, but it's sort of nice at the same time. Well, it's it's the beginning of Appalachia, isn't it? Sort of. I mean, yes. that's that's Appalachia. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a I'm in I'm in someone else's house, and I'm by a, a nice uh, little stream, which is not far away. Also, this house has walls that are made of paper. And so if random thing, if you hear random sounds uh, during this episode, you'll know that it is, it is, it is some of the, of the dozens of people that are in the house right now. It's not dozens. It's a dozen people what? in the house right now. And so there's going to be trumpet lessons is what you're saying. That's what. Oh, there, yes. At some point there will be trumpet lessons. These are. But I don't know. I don't even know if we'll be able to hear them or not. This is daily. There are daily trumpet lessons. <laughs> is that what you're saying? This, you, how long have you been Ohio there? thing. <laughs> Have you been? <laughs> it's just an Ohio thing. I think that I think yeah. it's just like a statewide uh, thing that happens at three thirty or whatever. Everyone just starts playing trumpet lessons. Oh, okay. Playing um, trumpet. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, at the beginning there, you all heard uh, uh, Christian rock group His Healing Hands. Uh, with their song, Lord, I Will Follow You, though I have to admit that Richard Dawkins makes a pretty good argument. And in parentheses, Lord, Lord, are you there? And it's interesting because this was actually their their final single before the group disbanded, to everyone's surprise. Yeah. Um, hmm. So it was... I was really into Christian rock at some point. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm familiar with that group, but I haven't really followed the scene in a couple of decades. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never did. But uh but I do know about his healing hands. Mhm. Yeah. <clears throat> and by uh, the well, way, thanks, thanks by for... the way, oh, yeah. uh Richard Dawkins, the evolutionary biologist is not to be confused with Richard Dawson, uh the co-star of the Schwarzenegger action film The Running Man and also the first host of the game show Family Feud, Family Feud. Mm. So just, just uh, so everyone knows. Uh, listen, uh, we we actually have um, we have a correction to make. Um, oh, oh, I'm so, okay. Uh, uh, from last, what, uh, from the last mm. episode. Um, oh, it's terrible. I, I'm really, I'm really pretty ashamed of this, but it's it's the right thing to do to uh, to address it. Um, uh, last week, I, I talked about uh, the author uh, Lewis Thomas, 
and his book, The Lives of a Cell. And um, in the show, I, I said that he was the dean of Harvard Medical School, and that's just not accurate. He was... Uh, no. He, he attended Princeton University and Harvard Medical School, but he became the dean of Yale Medical School and New York University School of Medicine, uh, and he was president of Memorial Sloan Kettering Institute. Um, but he was never the dean of Harvard Medical School. So my apologies to Lewis Thomas uh, rolling over in his grave and his family, and my apologies to, you know, Yale and uh, Harvard, because, you know, they hate each other, don't they? I don't know. I think so. So... I'm Switzerland over here. I'm on both of your sides, Yale and Harvard. But that's that's our up that's our correction um, for my terrible terrible error last week, last two two weeks ago. Well, it's, it's good that you you know corrected it so people weren't didn't weren't weren't confused or thought that something we said on this show was somehow false. Yeah, or otherwise not completely accurate. Right, because this is that. That is the only thing that that one detail. Everything else is perfect. So, uh, I wanted to share this thing with you that I discovered on Reddit. Uh huh. Um, which I think you will think is funny. Uh, it's this. It's a. It's a subreddit, which is you know like a random community of people on Reddit who where they 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 post things in a theme. Of some kind, and this is this subreddit is called VX Junkies. Have you ever heard of this? No, no. Uh, okay, so people on the on the subreddit they talk about um, a machine called the v, the VX, uh, which is a machine that that is is very technically complicated, and it it does many things, uh, and they're constantly complaining about it. And, and asking each other's questions on how to make it better and tune it to be like more, to get increased performance of some kind. Uh, like, let me give you an example. Like, here's the, let me just, let me see. Uh, here's the, one of the posts is called A Quick Guide for Beginners. And it, uh, it says like this. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the new guys. Now I understand that the science here can get a bit hard to follow. So I thought I'd just write a quick lexicon of the most common terms for the beginners who might feel a bit lost. Feel free to add more definitions in the comments. So, for example, uh, quantum mechanics are the rules of motion for small objects, typically Rotengen attractor or smaller. They're quite complicated, and I don't have the space to describe them here, but basically they describe how particles interact through fields or hyperflux. And then, of course, it goes on. A hyperflux is quite simply a flux whose main dimension spirals inwards. If you've ever encountered an electric current that had an imaginary voltage, well, if you ran it through a cyclospin, you'd get an alternance of hyperflux and Mussorgsky spin. Ah. Mussorgsky spin, not to be confused with Mussorgsky oh, spin, which is just the vector field equivalent of a non-Euclidean three-brain three fluid, oh. is the main aftermath after the Voynichian reaction between a magnifying quadratangent and the colloidal time space you get when running a JX07 under calibrated ruby quartz vibrosion. Oh, vibrosion. Yeah, that always gets That's me. That's right. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, it's because the glossary keeps going. It says, now I talked about Voynichian reaction, but it's actually nothing more than a Kolsko-Miranov reaction where the... Uh, 
stoechiometallic ionization is upside down. By that, I mean, of course, reverberated through an epsilon concave modulating space, <laughs> and where the spectrum <laughs> readings on an xyx axis follows a 12 zeta 8 zeta zeta pattern, and the whole thing could be summarized as a canonical hermetic bedoga force. Wow. You know, things, so it's like, it's really, it's great. Yeah. Um, but then, and the, and the comments are even is, is, is wonderful. Like, uh, someone said, named Stills Thrills says, absolutely required reading. <laughs> I remember learning all of this at the beginning of my eternal journey into VX. I would probably add to required knowledge that the umlaut constant is exactly 2x, where x is half the umlaut constant, of course. <laughs> the umlaut um, constant. And and the whole and the whole Reddit is like this, it's just, like there's thousands of these. Wow. Um, like I I mean I can just keep going. Or here's <laughs> another one. Like um, I uh, this person's like, uh, I swear Dreckler Manufacturing makes the worst hardware. Third one blown out in less than ninety days. <laughs> and someone else is like, I work at Dreckler. From the look of it, you're buying one of the our retrograde subsilicated bypass filters. I know it's not much consolation, but they're our biggest problem item. The problem is that we market the subsilicated filters as suitable for medium to high silication environments, especially for work in lithostatic uh, and vol volcanostratic environments. They're not. They can barely filter marnocarbaceous silt in the strong rain. Uh, it's a pure money grab product. The whole thing is incompetence at best and outright fraud at worst. Here's what you can do. If you get your hands on halide-based erythrostatic filter, you can easily replace the subsilicated filter with a Phillips screwdriver. It looks like you need a fancy Torval Smalling head, but a Phillips will work just fine. Look behind the silica intake and you find the screw. It's a bit hidden. The latest models are meant to comply with the upcoming European right to repair laws, but of course, Druckler wants you to buy a subscription instead. I'm really sorry you've been having so much trouble. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, so what, what interested you about this VX uh, thing? I mean, you know... Uh, I know you were excited. You told me before you were excited to, me, to talk to me about this stuff. And um, I mean, to be to be very specific, we were talking a while ago. I don't remember when about the fact that I I like uh, things which are uh, kind of breaking the fourth wall or kind of winking at you yeah. in some regard. And I think that this whole thing follows that same pattern. I think we were talking about it when we were talking about the Marble Olympics. Ah, yes. Yeah. And I think and I, I think this also fits into that category. So I think I think what I'm saying is that's a good characterization of, of things I like. And I like this very much. I, uh, I like everything about the VX machine. I like everything about this subreddit. You, sin, sin, it's amazing. Yeah, since you told me about this stuff in advance, um I I've been it's reminded me of several things that I want to share. And uh, I I don't know. Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe we're going to go on too long about this. But I have uh, the, okay. So one thing it reminded me of was Star Trek because there's lots of techno babble in Star Trek, and I I actually wrote down one day I was reading, <laughs> I was watching an episode and I was like I got to write this down because it's so funny. Uh, it's from a an episode called Unnatural Selection, uh, where of what of what oh what, what I'm sorry Star Trek uh, the Next Generation. Oh, the best—the only one that matters. And uh, right. And uh, so I'll just read the, the. There's a scene where Picard says, "Well, what if we used a sample of her DNA, say from a blood test taken before she was exposed to the disease? Could that be used to filter out the genetic changes?" And Chief O'Brien says, 
Well, I'd have to get into the biofilter bus and patch in a molecular matrix reader. That's no problem, but the waveform modulator will be overloaded without the regeneration limiter in the first stage circuit. Mm. And then Data says, interesting. However, theoretically, <laughs> with Picard cuts him off and says, Data. Data's like, yes, sir. Picard says, can you do the modifications? And O'Brien says, I think so, sir. Then make it so. Um, and I, was, I love it. <laughs> I was like... God, Clarice and I were both watching, my fiance were both watching it, and we were like, we paused it. We're like, oh my God, that's hilarious. We have to. Write have this. you been watching Star Trek The Next Generation? Like yeah, recently? well, off and on for the, yeah, for, because it's on Netflix. You got all the episodes. The whole series is on Netflix. Um. So, yeah. And I still haven't seen hey, all of It's the- so funny because we've been doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. On, on our, at our, on our house. Yeah. Yes. And we've been going through it like one at a time. It's really fun. I've been really enjoying it. The whole family has been watching it. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best shows of all time. Come on. It, it's great. It's so much fun to watch. I'm having a great time. Um, let's pull from that. Let's pull from the It's mat very mat. late. It's very late. Well, who knows what we'll, what we'll find. Maybe it'll be a short <sighs> time. Oh, there's another thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, who cares? Let's take a look. Wait, what? Nah, don't worry about it. Okay. Oh my God! This is the most technical podcast we're having. Uh, the most, the most, uh, like, whatever, babble, t- techno babble. Um, so this was actually submitted by someone. <laughs> I think this is our first one submitted. Uh, this was submitted by Mike, uh, and it's does true randomness exist in the universe? Oh. Uh, nope. That's the episode. Yes. That- <laughs> Uh, so oh so the answer is uh so yes and no (laughs) the end uh uh why do you think do you think do you think it doesn't um well i mean uh, i i i have never considered this question (laughs) no i guess i have but that's the whole point of the that's the whole point of the podcast exactly i know i know wait a minute true randomness I mean, I I guess it does. It, this is one of those things that's so like, like conceptually. Um, I, I guess it's so like it's such like a self evident term that um, to dispute it like this almost doesn't even mean anything. It's almost like how are we defining the word now? Um, I mean, well, so so you can just des- you can describe randomness as. Uh, no matter how much information you have about something's past behavior, you cannot predict its future behavior. Like you gain no insight into its future behavior. Right. And so, for example, if you're talking about like people, uh, people exist in a physical space and you can get a good sense of where they'll be in the next hour from where they are now. Because like they can only move so fast. And so humans are not random. For example, the positions of people are not random. They're highly dependent on where they were before. But if you think about, uh, there are some things which don't don't seemingly have any connection as to like what happened before is what can happen again in the future. So like a, you know, the die roll, for example, uh, in the classic sense, like if you have an un, some magically have an unbiased die, it doesn't matter how many like ones you rolled in the past. It doesn't change how many ones you're going to roll in the future. It's still like one in six. But I, what I think the question is asking is w- w- when it's asking about true randomness, uh, let's distinguish here between true randomness and uh, 
and I don't know which you're referring to, but it, it, we could easily get into like a discussion of epistemology where we're talking about what can be known. Um, like maybe if we knew like how all of the atoms of the of the die were shaped and the way they were hitting with all the atoms of the the surface they were rolling on maybe we could and we had a fast enough computer or something and we knew everything or whatever we could we could calculate where the die would land and then it, therefore it wouldn't be true randomness it would just be a limit on what we know as people but doesn't but doesn't like some kind of like heisenberg uncertainty principle uh kind of that that sounds like we're now it sounds like we're talking about techno babble. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> this is the techno babble episode. Come on. But doesn't that doesn't that um that's definitely gonna be the name of this episode, Techno Babble. Yeah. Doesn't the name doesn't that name uh doesn't there's doesn't the Heisenberg uncertainty principle says it's impossible for us to both know the speed of a thing and its position with the same level of accuracy. Like we can, we can choose to know its position with a high degree of accuracy, but not its velocity, or its velocity, but not its position. And yeah. it's sort of a trade-off we're making because of the limitations of our ability to understand things at a small scale. So, and it's it's really it's fundamentally unnerving because like it doesn't matter. Like there are certain things we just cannot know. Like we cannot know the all the information about those atoms that you're talking about in the die in the die. Yeah, but I I. Uh... Again, I'm going back to the, what does it mean that we cannot know it? Because it, is it, is it because it doesn't exist or because we just don't have the, the instruments to I mean, be able to? You're talking to an engineer. So to me, those are exactly the same thing. <laughs> what? But How I, are but they I exactly think... the same? What do you mean they're exactly the same thing? They're not exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like if it's impossible for us, if it's unpossible, impossible for us to know it. Well, this, this is the, this and, is the or tree. Or it doesn't exist. Tr- those are the same thing. This is the tree falls yes. in the forest uh, argument. Yes. Those are identical situations to the engineer. But, um, but I think I, but I, but there are some sources of information that are widely considered to be very random and 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 like for example uh if you ever had one of those old CRT televisions and you turned it on to a channel that didn't exist you know like channel 4 where i lived uh there's no channel 4 there's channel 2 channel 5 so there's no channel 4 you turn it on you just get this white static on the screen which is just uh it's just random noise cosmic radiation bouncing off of the antenna and and being amplified and displaying across the screen basically randomly. And there's no way to predict, given the state of one of those frames of the screen, what it's going to look in the next frame. Because it's just random. It's white noise, which is... That's right. White noise, very random. Different from pink noise, which is organized. Yes. That's a little bit of a trivia there about... Different than brown noise. I don't know brown noise. I don't know brown noise. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's this. Um, yeah, these are all things, true things. But I, I uh, that does remind me though of an episode of the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters from the from the eighties, because there was <laughs> an episode where they they turned on they turned their TV knob to channel one, and they were like, "There is no channel one. What's this?" <laughs> and and there were ghosts on channel one. I guess that makes sense. And I believe, That's what and happen. I believe that they were. Uh, like deceased musicians playing Oh When the Saints Go Marching in over and over again. Um, well, that's amazing, though. Wait, it was wait, wait. Creepy. 
You're saying that I can just turn my TV to Channel One and get the Saints marching in by professional musicians at any moment? Um, That's a great song. I don't know what local, uh, you know, like where you'd have to be, though, to get that signal. I don't know. Right, if if the ghost antenna is not strong enough, I won't pick it up. Yeah, over here I in mean, Ohio. yeah, don't don't waste your time. Plus, you, it might have only been in the eighties. You know, the musicians, the musician ghosts may have been bo- gotten bored or may have passed on to the next realm. <laughs> it's possible. Um, I don't think that the the person who submitted the question wanted the 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 discussion to go this direction, though. So let's. <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> I, 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 uh, no, but I, so there are, there are some sort, so in my, so in my, uh, uh, in my brain, my very literal brain sometimes, yes, there are some sources of basically random things and things like cosmic radiation, things like, uh, the white noise on your radio or your TV when you turn it to a station. And there are even some, like, and there are some sources of randomness, like when particular atoms decay, it's like when radioactively decay, it's unknown when they're going to t- decay exactly. We just know in aggregate, like what the, what their half-life is going to be. So there's a lot of things. There's, there's most computers nowadays have a special chip on them, which can generate randomness as necessary. That's truly random via one of these mechanisms. Usually it's listening to arbitrary cosmic waves, radiation. But really, I, uh, I, you can then you can just yeah, then your computer can generate truly random, and that's it turns out to be very important for doing critically safe things on the inter- yeah. internet, like buying stuff. I once, my brother once told me. Um, by the way, he's the one who submitted the question. Hint, uh, not, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But yeah. he once told me that because he's a computer dude. And this was years ago, yes. so maybe this has changed, but he told me that anytime something needs to be randomized in a computer, it really isn't random. It's just like a, a string of seemingly random numbers that are like yes. accessed or something. Um, that that used to be true, yeah. that, that, that the computers didn't have this faculty that I'm talking about. But now they do. Um, and, and so, yeah, and so like you would, for example, if you, if you examine the hundredth digit of the of like the number of of seconds since the computer has started up, and then every time someone <laughs> taps a key, oh, whoa, excuse me, like Every time yeah. someone taps a key or someone clicks a mouse or something, you record that hundredth digit. You can imagine that basically is random. Like it's it's because it because there's no you have as a human you cannot choose what hundredth you would like to click on. Or you'd like to type on, or thousandths, digits, or tens of thousands of digits. You know, whatever, however accurate you want to be, those numbers are effectively totally random. But they're not actually random because they're fully under your control. You just have no, you're just not precise enough to be able to pick a specific um, ten thousandth or a specific hundred thousandth or whatever it is to to have the number be whatever you want it to be. Um, and so old computers used t- tricks like that in order to do pseudo random like fake random numbers but but nowadays all computers can just give you real randomness if you need to mm. even like your phone it has one of these random chips on it yeah and it's used because you it's used it's used every time you're doing stuff on the internet that involves a password or involves that s after the http in the url bar yeah no i mean that that makes sense the the the, the reasons for utilizing randomness um makes sense to me uh, I think that um, 
you know, it, it, this is one of the it's this question. The fact that it's coming now, this century, is is important because I think probably uh, maybe even a hundred years ago or something or two hundred years ago, even like scientists probably would have said that true randomness does not exist. Uh, because you know it was like Newtonian physics, and everybody thought it was kind of yeah. predeterminism. Everything, as long as you know, uh, it's all cause and effect, right? So as long as you know what happened, right? Like before 150 the... years ago, certainly, right? Yeah, yeah, like and like early 1800s, yeah, no question. And now, you know, with quantum mechanics or whatever, it's like the scientists tell us that there is true randomness. Although I wonder if I mean there may be. Um, disagreement among even them about whether it is true randomness or just a limit to our ability to um you know whatever uh measure things uh, i talk there's no difference well t- to no you difference. there's no difference but i think i think uh the question implies that that there is to this person who's asking it um and well so when you say there is no difference i think the the really the only thing we can say is that um we we are, we don't know. I probably can never know. Uh, right. But in ter- if you're like for all practical purposes, um, in terms of everything that that you know, apparently, then uh, I think we can say that yes, true randomness exists. Right. I, I yeah. I think that basically, I think basically the answer is yes, as far as we know, and and that's good enough <laughs> that there is true randomness. And there is no, and as far as we know, there's no way for us to refute that claim. There's just things that so far yeah. have, have failed to be predictable. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it, man. We just answer the question. I mean, that's how it is sometimes. You pull a question and it's just <laughs> easy to answer. I mean, like you should, we shouldn't have, complain about easy questions. But who would have thought this question was easy to answer? I mean, you know. <laughs> I could talk longer about what's my favorite color, probably. <laughs> no, let's not do that. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I can't believe I can't believe we got you know. I, I'm I'm the kind of person I can't even decide what I want to eat. Uh, <laughs> so this is that that wait those don't make any sense to me. Those don't those don't connect together. Those two do concepts. Like, what does that have to do with why? Never mind. Well, because it's just about like deciding the answer to the question. I've decided. I I guess I just don't care about this question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Mike, I'm sorry. Wherever you are. Oh no. (laughs) No, I I don't know this. Well, it it actually. uh, Well, I mean. It sounds like you don't. Well, it sounds like you don't care about the the sort of. question behind the question uh, anyway so right. like because i i i do like to sort of um ruminate about like things that that this connects to um i don't know like i, I this, this could branch off easily into other like crazy philosophical topics and and that's part of the reason why it's just kind of like okay let's answer this particular question and not go nuts <laughs> because uh I guess I guess it's kind of related to what, what this question reminds me of. Actually, is is here I go is uh, <laughs> is the the question of free will and people talk about like there is no free will, um, 
because and and some people even use like 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 a, lo- a logical argument against free will by saying well any human behavior it's there are only two logical possibilities for what creates that human behavior it's either caused by some by some force that happened before right. or it's random and if it's in either one of those categories then it's not free will then it doesn't exist and so right. i guess i guess like this question of of does true randomness exist in the universe is kind of it's so basic that like trying to answer it is kind of falling into absurdity and and i feel like talking about free will is the same way like i almost want to respond to that i that that logical um re- re- rebuttal of free will refutation of free will to by saying like well now we're talking about things that are just such basic fundamental things about the universe that you could easily just say well free will is just a basic fundamental thing of the universe and there's no like it's at, it, you'd say it's axiomatic is that the word? Like it's just, it's just, yeah. yeah. You'd say like we take it as an assumption that it exists. Yeah, like a, like and that se- we are currently doing yeah, it. Yeah, self evident. I feel like you know yeah. people try to explain things like, well, why is this? It's like that. It's like the toddler who's always asking why, 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 and you answer the question like right. why. And I feel like even science gets to a certain point and says, well, because that's just how it is, right? Like if you you can ask why. And then say, well, because this is the law of gravity, and this is the list law, and this is law, and it's like, well, why? And it's like. Well, because cause and effect is the way of the universe. Why? Because that's yeah. This is things uh, cause other things. Like once you get to that answer, things cause other things. You can't go any further with that. Like why do things cause other things? What? Uh, (laughs) Oh, I I I remember. It reminds me of this interview that Richard Feynman had with. uh, I think it was a British news person, news interviewer. And uh, Richard Feynman was a fa- is a famous physicist, like a famous scientist. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Not, he's dead, though. So I guess he was a famous scientist. And he was a really interesting, like, he was a really good science communicator. So he often would, um, you know, would be able to talk about really complicated scientific concepts in a way that made people, these things really understandable to people. And you can still look up, like, many Feynman lectures, I'm um, sure, on YouTube or something and learn a lot about science things especially physics because of his eloquence uh, and this, but, but they were talking about magnets or something uh, insert insane clown posse meme here. And, and the, what? the, uh, it's all right. Uh, and this, um, and this interviewer is like, well, what is magnetism? What even is it? Yeah. And, and the question is like, well, why do these things attract? And, and the answer is like, well, because, you know, they are magnetized. And the answer is, well, what does that mean? Like, wh- wh- why? Yeah. And F- Richard Feynman's like, um, he's like, you know, there's just some things you have to accept as a scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, one of them is just like magnetism is a thing that you just, you just, you just buy it. You buy into it. Yeah. Because there, it's just something that happens. It's one of the givens th- in his world. Right. And I think, I guess, I guess that's kind of a... a my point with what I'm saying in response to this question, does true randomness exist in the universe? Um, I almost want to say like, why not? Like, why isn't that just as acceptable? Cause I feel like the question is almost implying like, does this, does this, um, is this at odds with like, uh, determinism or something? Um, and, and is that a problem? And it's like, well, no, like there's, I have no problem just accepting that, uh, that true randomness is just 
a just happens to be a, a property of the universe, just like determinism or cause and effect is, you know. And and so there's no. I guess I don't know whether true randomness exists for sure versus just a, a limitation in our ability to measure things. Um, but I don't really have a problem with it existing and there's no it, right. it looks like it exists true randomness exists and there's no reason to think it doesn't so yeah that's my answer i guess excellent all um, right well that was a good that was a great episode i don't know i'll find out i i feel like i'm going to need to <laughs> chop this one to hell i don't know why i just i something there's a feeling like this is awful um uh, uh, do we need to cl- do we need anything to close out? Well, I, do we need anything to, to close? Listen, it out? I'm gonna I am gonna man- mention one other thing because I can't resist your topic. The the, the the thing that you started at the beginning was so great, and I, I wanted to mention a book I got as a gift actually from my brother um, as well a few years ago. It's called I don't remember the author, but it's called Thing Explainer, uh, and it's oh it's, that's a, I have that book. You'd have it. It's it's great. Yes. It's like it's the opposite of what we're talking about. Like uh, overly using um, techno babble and jargon for comedic effect. It's taking like machines that we commonly know about, like refrigerators and and space shuttles and stuff, and sort of dissecting them and showing how they how they work in a diagram with little like you know text uh, blocks that that explain different parts of it and how it all works except the the author decided to limit uh, the language limit himself to the thousand most common words in the English language uh, for the most part he, he did break that rule a little bit for to make it even funnier but the whole the, the overall effect of it is that you're reading like how like spaceboat yes yeah, spaceboat right <laughs> Even though he was allowed to use the word ship, but like, it, yes. so he's he's using um, this very the kind of language that like like a four year old is capable of using to explain these very technical, um, very complex machines, and it's actually hilarious. But it is kind of effective. Yes. You're like, um, and I don't remember some of the terms he uses, but you know, even the the names of objects of of, of parts uh, he uses like. You know, like like uh, cold maker or something. You know, I don't know. Like instead of refrigerator, he says. You know, so it's like um, it's really funny, but but it's kind of a commentary on like how people are intimidated by these things that where people use technical language, and it's like, well, you can't explain how things work uh, without having to be some kind of genius or expert. You know, like the food heating radio boxes. Food heating radio box is that with the microwave? What do you call the microwave? Yes. yes. Or the or the or the skyboat pushers. Yes. The the rockets. There you go. See? I even Air, know. airplane. Yeah. Or or machines for burning cities. Those are great machines. <laughs> machines for burning cities. But I don't even remember. Yeah, what... atom bombs. Oh. Those are the best ones. Okay. This is taking a best dark machines. This is taking a dark turn. Um I love those machines. <laughs> uh anyway. Um I, I hope I hope you'll come back from Ohio with a full report on the state of the state of Ohio. Oh, absolutely! I would love to. Um, um, I'll, I'll I'll begin I'll begin typing it immediately. Yeah, I I, I definitely appreciate uh, eleven point. It's eleven point times Roman, single spaced, one inch margins. Yeah, right. Right, and I I, <laughs> and uh, 
It's five paragraphs, and uh, uh, no, I'm, I, it's, it's a good time. I'm just taking a, I'm taking some time off visiting my my nieces, my twin nieces, who are cute, very cute. They're three and a half. And they're no, it's better to say that you're doing important work and you're putting yourself at personal risk for the. For That's the also true. All of okay. those things are true. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, uh, what are what are we listening to? Oh, uh, well, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I mean, we got to say goodbye here and uh, keep keep submitting topics. We just read one that was submitted, so it was fun. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Uh, we will uh, send you off here with with a uh, song. And this is this is Metallica's metal cover of YouTuber Lionel Grayson Fletcher's pop ballad version of Metallica's song, Master of Puppets. And I, I am, I, I hope that that you will. Um, uh, yep, yep. Lost my train of thought. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> very professional.